Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Monday evening after... Arthur Smith fired the press conference earlier today. All the stuff going on around the Falcons as we head into officially the offseason. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the Falcons go and do from here. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of this show. Uh, This should I look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Here's your pro football focus grades from um, yesterday's game against the Saints. Your top five offensive grades, Scotty Miller with an 87-4. He had a huge catch for like 40-something yards. Caleb McGarry was a 77-8. Jake Matthews and Cordero Patterson were 76.2. And Jonu Smith was a 71. Your top five defensive grades, Bud Dupree was a 78-3. Andre Smith, Trey Flowers, they were 76-4. David Onyemata. 73-7. 73-7. A.J. Terrell, a 71-8. Some of your other notables, um, B. John Robinson was a 67-8. Desmond Ritter, a 65-5, which is actually pretty good for him. Kyle Pitts was a 61-3. Drake London, a 57-7. Chris Lindstrom was a 56.1. Logan Woodside was a 25, 24.8. Jesse Bates, a 60.3. And Clayus Campbell, a 52.2. Now, we did obviously see Arthur Smith with a little bit of fire. And, you know, I think that there was some confusion about what happened at the end of of that game. It's not about the Saints running up the score on the Falcons. It's the idea that, and players have commented about this all day long, it's not hard to find, that you don't do that. When you're in victory formation, you don't run a play. You can call it an unwritten rule. You can call it whatever you want. But you don't go and run a play like that. And we know now that Jameis Winston led that, you know, the the movement to go against his coach's wishes. Because his coach said, take a knee. They wanted to get whatever it is, Williams or whatever, that touchdown. And that's what happened. Now, Jameis Winston's a free agent at the end of the year, so nothing's going to happen. But, again... You know, you don't do that. You don't you know you don't prepare yourself for a play 
when you're in victory formation. That's not peewee football or, you know, stop them. No, when you're in that kind of formation, that's a sign that, okay, we're done here. Whatever it is, we're done here. So, again, I can understand Arthur Smith being mad. The head coach, Dennis Allen, apologized to it. They admitted to it. Again, and, you know, it doesn't matter when the series was, what what was happening, whatever like that. It's not about stopping them. That, that's, that you don't do those kinds of things in the NFL. You don't. You don't do them in college. You don't do them in the NFL. If you're going to go in that kind of formation, then you take your knee and everybody just moves on from there. So, again, you know, Arthur Smith had every right to be mad, and I at least give credit to Dennis Allen that he apologized and said, yeah, I, I would have been mad too, you know, for it. So, whatever. All right, you know, listen, there's a lot of rumor and innuendo around about coaches, and I'll talk about this coming up at the top of the next hour. I don't want Bill Belichick. Um, I I don't – again, there is only a few coaches that I've really gotten my eye on. But I am open to a lot of different names. You know, I am open to if it's whatever. You know, again, the offense coordinator, Johnson, for the Lions – He's going to be the hottest candidate going, right? So, again, you know, are you better than everybody else? Are you – does people – do people feel like you're a better organization than everybody else? That will be a testament to Arthur and Rich if that's the case. I'm open to all of those guys. I'm open to a guy that we haven't heard of. And, again, much like Mike Smith, again, I threw my hands up and was like, who's Mike Smith? Oh, is the D.C. for Jacksonville? What have they done special? And he used to coach for the Ravens at one point. So I'm open to all kinds of him. Do I have my favorites? Absolutely. Do I have the guys that I would like to see most? Absolutely. Do I have the quarterbacks I'd like to see the most? Absolutely. But I'm open-minded because at this point, we just have to get it right. I don't care if it's the least sexy candidate in the history of the NFL. As long as we get it right, then I'm okay with all of this. But you better get it right. Because Arthur and Rich, you're on the clock. And, you know, we at 81 years old, I would think that Arthur wants to get it right too. I would, I would think Arthur wants to get all of this stuff right, you know, as well and not have to go through this every three years. But... Again, we'll see what uh, what happens. All right, never too early to start some mock drafts. Uh, CBSSports.com, Ryan Wilson, kind of one of the leading draft experts. He's kind of their leading draft uh, expert. Um, he's got Michael Penix Jr. going at number eight for the Atlanta Falcons. Is this too high for Penix? Um, he says maybe, but given the way uh, the way spun uh, the way he spun it and ran it against Texas in the semifinal, not to mention. The way he's played the last two years at Washington, it's hard not to make the case he won't be in the mix of the first-round pick. Yeah, but I got news for you. That would be that would be high. But, again, if you're a first-round talent, which I've seen a lot of people say that Michael Penix is not a first-round talent, the injury history and the idea of, again, he throws a beautiful deep ball, but can he get it accurately in that short to intermediate range? And, again, Texas is not the, the threshold. They're the 93rd-ranked pass defense in the NFL or in the – college football 93rd ranked 
pass defense in college football. That ain't good. And you know what you don't see? 93rd-ranked pass defenses in the NFL. So, again, you know, I, I know he's an intriguing prospect, but I, I don't, I'd probably not take him at eight. I'd rather go up and get one of the three more surefire guys, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Whatever, whatever, three, whatever those three guys you think is the best of that group, go up and go get that guy. Uh, but they have Michael Penix um, for him. Um, and I don't want, I don't want Bo Nix, and I don't want J.J. McCarthy um, as well. Uh, this from Sporting News, or sorry, no, from USA Today, Michael Middlehurst-Schwartz. Uh, he's got the Falcons at number eight, taking Dallas Turner, outside linebacker from Alabama. Quote, the quarterback question is going to hang all over this franchise after Arthur Smith's firing, but there doesn't seem to be a suitable solution here for an otherwise playoff-ready roster. Still, there should be no problem with picking up Turner, a dynamic and explosive edge threat who could uh, recalibrate a lackluster pass rush. Um, look, if you're going to – rather than going and getting, you know, Alabama's outside linebacker, trade up. Trade up. Yes. Quarterbacks may go in the top three. Trade up. Go get your quarterback. At some point, we have to quit monkeying around with that position. Quit overpaying, quit monkeying around, and use first. Look, again, your two most successful quarterbacks in recent memory. Michael Vick was the number one overall pick. Matt Ryan was the number three overall pick. Is that all coincidence? Even Jeff George was what the number one pick in the draft. Like, go get your guy. Go up and get your guy. Whatever you got to do, go up and get your guy in it. And stop monkeying around with all these different, with all these different, you know, ham and eggers and overpriced guys and all this kind of stuff. All right. uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, They've got the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. As I scroll down here, they've got Jared Verse. Okay. Look, I want Jared Verse so bad. And this is why I'm ticked off about how our quarterback situation didn't work itself out. Because I love Jared Verse. And I want to see him in a Falcons uniform. But again, at some point, the elephant in the room is the quarterback. And if you can't get a competent quarterback, and I'm not talking about spending $35 million for the Kirk Cousins. Again, these guys aren't coming for free. You're not getting guys for no money. Well, we've got money. Yes, you do. You have money to spend. But much like the, the luxury tax for the, for the you know, Hawks, you don't spend money just to spend money. You're still going to have to you know, get some guys – Again, A.J. Terrell is a guy. You need to resign A.J. Terrell. You can not like A.J. Terrell. You can love A.J. Terrell. You need to resign A.J. Terrell. He's going to cost you some money. You need to resign some of these guys that have been playing for two years on these one-year deals and all this kind of stuff. And again, you're getting to where you're going to have to make a decision on Kyle Pitts. If you get Justin Fields, he's $6 million next year. 23 in his fifth-year option, and then the moon and the stars after that. You are going to have guys to pay. I want Jared Verse badly. 
but I got to get that quarterback. I've got to find a way to get the quarterback. All right, Pro Football Focus. They've got uh, the Falcons picking Michael Penix Jr. Um, Penix has put together a monster season with one game to go. Six-year gunslinger with an orthodox throwing style. Racked up 40 big-time throws. Uh, most by any FBS quarterback. Look, I like Michael Penix. I just think that if rather than taking Michael Penix at eight, go up and get somebody. Go up. Again, if you've got all these guys that, you know, are, are superstars, you know, the free agents and all this kind of stuff, then take some of your draft capital and go get somebody. Did it work out when we got Julio? Did it work out when we got Michael Vick? Okay. Then go up and get your guy. If you think Michael Penix is the fourth best quarterback, don't get the fourth best quarterback. Get a guy that you think is going to be top one or two cornerback quarterbacks, I should say. Go up and get your guy. I say that all the time. Go up and get your guy. You, if you feel confident about it, and your scouting says that Jane Daniels or Caleb May or Caleb o. Williams or Drake May are the three best, then go up and get one of those guys. And if Michael Penix, you you know you evaluate him to be the best quarterback in the draft. I'd have some questions about your evaluation at, at that point, but I don't know. You know, again, you could do a lot worse than Michael Penix, I guess. You could you could draft Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy because I don't want J.J. McCarthy. I know J.J. McCarthy, very productive, and, and he may be a really good pro. I don't want J.J. McCarthy. Sorry. I don't want Bo Nix uh, either. So, again, oh, we'll see what, uh, what happens with all of this. All right, when we come back. We're going to hear some clips from the press conference that Rich McKay, Arthur Blank, they talked about, obviously, the firing of Arthur Smith. We'll hear what they had to say up next. Chuck, we're hanging out with you in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. How's this for efficiency? Two carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. That good? 43-and-a-half-yard average for uh, him right now. Eight carries, for 115 yards overall right now. And, uh, you know, again, this was the fear, if you were Washington, about the idea of, you know, that Michigan running game getting things going. Great offensive line, great running backs. And, you know, again, they've got a lot of talent on this team. And, you know, we'll see if Penix can lead them back. But, all right, so earlier today we had the press conference with Arthur Blank and Rich McKay talking about the decision to move on from Arthur Smith. And I want to play a few clips here for you. And some of these are probably going to be a little bit long. Um, so just be prepared. But because uh, I want them to give like the full answer on uh, all of this. So, all right, let's start first with uh, Arthur Blank talking about at what point he decided to fire Coach Smith. I mean, I don't think you come to a decision on this. Speaking for me, Rich can talk for himself. Um but it's not, you know, it's not, a, obviously it's not a snap decision. It's one that you, uh, you continue to, uh, uh, to, to ruminate on as the season goes on. Uh, you absorb things, you see things. Um, how are we doing? How are we responding? Uh, what's our record against winning team? What's our record against losing teams? Our record against losing teams this year was uh, abysmal, honestly. Uh, and Coach <coughs> would be the first to say that. Uh, lots of reasons, but we lost a bunch of games we probably should not have lost or didn't have to lose, if you will. 
So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it was any, any, you know, any one thing. And it was not like one point in time where you, you know, press a button and decide. Um, at the end of the day, you have to do that, and we did it last night. But, you know, um, we wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to, in a quiet way, um, several hours after the game, et cetera, to make sure we had a chance to listen to Coach Smith. Uh, we had a chance to share with him our observations and our feelings and why we felt the way we did. Um, and um, I think it's just a result of that, you know, of that process. Okay. Um, that was a long-winded way. Like, I understand that there wasn't a epiphany and there was a, you know, a specific moment where you said, oh, gosh, now I've got to fire him. And I get some of that. But, again, this, this is where we get into some of these things. Like, I, I know Rich can speak for himself. Arthur, you're the owner of the team. You're the final decision maker. Because obviously you're going to be the final decision maker on who's going to be the next head coach. You're the final decision maker on all that. You don't need to even include Rich McKay. You can just simply say, you know, again, this, this is when I felt like that we needed to make a change. Like it doesn't have to be that long and just convoluted in everything. All right, here's a blank on uh, how much input – Terry Fontenot will have in hiring the new coach. Terry did not know Coach Smith at all. We interviewed. We actually interviewed Coach Smith. Okay, first can stop it right Terry there. Stop, stop it right there. Okay. So let me go back in time. And I confirmed this with Jarvis Davis and Dylan Matthews. I confirmed it with both of them. Okay. There were many of you who told me I was wrong a few years ago when I tried to tell you that Terry Fontenot had no involvement in hiring or talking with Coach Smith. And we played you the clips and we told you, hey, this is Terry telling you that. And I remember this because, again, we had the Solomon Brothers Diamond Apology text line where we had it open for you to text your apology to me because of how right I was. And there were some of you that said that, oh, yeah, no, he he talked with. No, he didn't. He had no communication with Art Smith. Nothing. He wasn't involved in the process. Yes, it's not a matter of he was hired four days after. You can start that, again, back channel, you can start that process with the relationships and everything that you have. This was purely Arthur Blank and, oh, my God, is Michigan running it up again? God, Michigan's about to run for another touchdown run here. Arthur Blank and Rich McKay were the sole hires of both of these guys. And they're going to be the sole hire of, you can spin to me whatever nonsense about they're going to report and this, that, and the other and all this good kind of stuff, it will be Terry and Arthur Blank's decision of who to hire. Continue with the clip. Terry did not know Coach Smith at all. We interviewed, we actually interviewed Coach Smith first before Terry Fontenot ever met him. Um, we hired Terry, um, and then Terry helped participate in all the coaching interviews that we did at that time, including Coach Smith. So they had no prior connection, et cetera, and he was involved in that, et cetera. Not solely, obviously, but he was part of the team that helped make that decision. So we have nothing 
but respect for Terry personally as well as professionally and the staff that he's put together. So I want to just be, be clear on that. So, I mean, I we can't have everybody here um, that we all have roles to do. I mean, if you were at Flowery Branch today, it's a version of a personal difficult circus up there today. So he's holding that fort down. He was up there this morning, and he's dealing with coaches, their concerns, their families, everything going on that's up there, which is very significant. Okay. So he never answered the actual question. How much input will Terry have in hiring the new coach? If it's zero, just say zero. If it's, listen, we're going to get his input. Like, you don't have to give the backstory of, well, Terry had nothing to do with Arthur Smith. Nobody cares at this point. Because, again, he's not here. Nobody cares if he didn't have any. What is he going to have moving forward? Because his title is general manager. And I put this out on Twitter this morning. Flunky and toady. If you're not hiring your head coach and you're not involved in the process of, of picking the candidates, then what you are is Harold Richardson. And that's not even a knock at Harold Richardson. Harold Richardson was really good at what he did, and he really was an asset to Dan Reeves. But let's not act like it's a general manager of the organization. But he never answered the question. Here's Arthur talking about why Terry, uh, the GM, was not in attendance today. The, the other thing I would add um, to that, Michael, is that, you know, I mean, I'm one being facetious. I mean, Terry actually is here with us. I mean, he's not physically here with us. But, you know, if you were up at Flowery Branch today, um, you've got uh, every single coach uh, and staff person is concerned about what does this mean for me? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for my children? Um, you know, we're already getting requests on uh, – uh, can I talk to this coach or this coach, et cetera? So, you know, this is a, uh, uh, a, um, a I'm say a battle. It's not a battle, but it's a, uh, a challenge that has to be met on a number of fronts. So he's dealing with one front up there. Rich was up there earlier today. Probably spoke to Terry four times myself today. So uh, don't read anything into him not being here as other than He's our partner. He's our general manager. Uh, he will definitely be part of this process as we go forward, and we appreciate the work that he and his personnel department have done in the last three years. Uh, most people in this room and most people around the NFL would generally say that, you know, we've got a pretty darn good roster in a lot of areas, always room for improvement. Um, but uh, he and, and Arthur Smith together have put together that roster, so I give them credit for that. And uh, – with their whole staffs. Oh, okay. If he's a partner and he's part of the process and you need all of the goodwill that you can possibly get right now, what is the downside to not having Terry there? Well, he's here, but he's in spirit. Well, he's up at Flowery Branch. They made the announcement last night that, that Arthur Smith was fired. The press conference wasn't until 4 o'clock today. Mean to tell me that, again, you couldn't have had these conversations? How long does it take to tell you that, look, here's where your contract status is. This is going to be, you know, up to the new coach. Like, how tough is that conversation? The coach was fired. The coach that had you guys on his staff is no longer here. What do you think protocol typically is in the NFL? That all the coaches come back from a staff that was fired? 
Arthur Smith didn't have a heart attack and die in the middle of his coaching tenure. He was fired. What do you think normally happens in that situation with the other 67,000 coaches that are fired in the NFL? Press conference wasn't until 4. It didn't happen at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and you've got a franchise that right now has no goodwill for anybody in that organization. I'm speaking directly to Rich and Arthur Blank. The people of the world of Falcons fans don't have confidence in you right now to get it right. And you have a guy that at least they believe in Terry Fontenot. That's why you bring him out there. Even if it's just for optics sake, bring him there. You have no goodwill going. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. Nothing about your franchise right now has any goodwill around it, maybe except Terry Fano. And he's not even the number one most popular guy. But he's more popular than the coach or Rich McKay or Arthur Blank right now. Oh, gosh. Here's Rich on what role Terry will have in hiring the new coach. This ought to be fun. Well, there are different voices that will be heard, right? Obviously, we have a different general manager now that we didn't have last time. We have different personnel people that will be in it. Um, we haven't decided on a search firm uh, whether we'll Stop use for one just or one second. Be. You didn't have a general manager at all the last time. Yet Arthur Smith and Terry Fano, they were both hired at the same time. <coughs> you had fired Dan Quinn and fired Thomas Dimitrov. You didn't have anybody. You only had Rich and Arthur Blank. Now you do have a general manager. Oh, continue. So we have a different general manager, a different manager now that we didn't have last time. We have different personnel people that will be in it. Um, we haven't decided on a search firm uh, whether we'll use one and who it'll be, but we very well may, and um, that gives you a different perspective. I think, Nick, it looks totally different today than it looked, you know, 10 years ago in head coaching searches in that the process is so much slower it, there's so much more time for research. There's so much more time for collaboration between a bunch of people. Just stop this. I, 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 I just, I can't. I'm going to eat the paper. Just explain it to people in simple terms. Not what goes on 10 years ago. Not what happened in 2014 with that debacle right down the street here. Where Thomas Dimitrov, who should have been let go at that time with Mike Smith, was having to defend his record. And Arthur and Thomas Dimitrov were talking about, well, we didn't want Rasheed Hagman and all this. That was Mike Smith and Mike Nolan. We wanted more traditional guys to come off the edge. and Like, they, they just again. Tell us what his role's going to be. Is that, does that, is that really a trade secret? Like, I'm not asking to say, who is he going to pick? You know, what, what is, just give us an idea of about what the role is going to be. Not what the NFL looks like 10 years ago from now. 10 years ago, Rich McKay was still not a general manager. It's been 17 years since he's been the general manager. How many guys 
that our former GMs 17 years ago are still involved in their organization. How many? How many guys that are no longer in their position? Okay? Our Rich McKay is no longer the general manager. 17 years ago, he was the general manager. Okay? How many guys who are no longer in their position are still at press conferences when coaches are fired or whatever 17 years later? How many? How many of these guys are in the NFL? Do you think that we would see if Nick Sirianni is fired on Monday, if they lose in Tampa Bay and Nick Sirianni is let go, do you think that the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't even know who it is, the general manager of the, of the Philadelphia Eagles from 17 years ago will be at the press conference? Does anybody think that? Does anybody think that if – uh, Dennis Allen is fired that the general manager, and I guess that would be Mickey Loomis, but the general manager before Mickey Loomis would be at the press conference to announce the firing. Like, where does this happen in the NFL? Like, where does a guy from 17, you know, almost two decades ago still be the guy that's up there representing the organization? You can tell me Bill Belichick who's been there 20-something years, that's a different story. I'm talking about that kind of a situation where Rich McKay is not the general manager anymore. He's the go-between for the coach and GM and the owner. Oh, man. Frustrating. All right, when uh, we get back, so I'll ask the question, how much worse could it have been? And it's not Falcons-related either. Chuckery hanging out with you in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.